Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome, everyone, to episode 366 of Nintendo Voice Chat, our weekly show for everything Nintendo. We've got a lot of wonderful topics today, but first of all, episode 366, mm-hmm. or the 366. Uh, <laughs> today's, uh, today's topics, we're going to give you some impressions from Comic-Con. A bunch of people went to Comic-Con, played a lot of uh, Nintendo games there, so that's, that's, true. that's very nice. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Nintendo Online, the latest games that we're playing, but also who should make Metroid Prime, because we we don't know the developer and we really want to know yeah and so t- today with me on the show we've got uh brian mother brain altano thank you yeah we've got handsome zach ryan what Hello. how did and we have andrew the widow goldfarb yeah. wow yeah. r.i.p and uh i'm pierre schneider mother brain huh right. you guys watch fargo mother no? brain. what's that uh, mother brian you watch uh fargo uh, yeah. yes. There was yeah. a widow gold farb, so. Yeah, okay. And it's, That's they talked right. about the gold farb way. Yeah. Okay. So God. I'm Pierre Schneider, your host for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed last week. Uh, we had Sam Claiborne on and Casey. Uh, I listened to the, the show. I didn't watch it yet, but I heard it was really cool. You guys showed a lot of, uh, images of arcade machines. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Some cool stuff. Yeah. You'll on be amazed to learn that Sam looks exactly like he does on NVC as he does every day in the office. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And he I looks know. exactly like the kind of dude that knows a lot about arcade games. True. And like that G.I. Joe cartoon from a few years back. I like it. So let's get right into the latest news. Uh, there, there actually has been a, a lot on the news front. Um, first of all, sales numbers have come in for the last quarter. And uh, unsurprisingly, it's, it's looking pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's looking really good. Yeah. In the words of my friend Brian Altano, Hachi mama. <laughs> Some real big sales numbers there. So let's get right into it. The, the lifetime sales for the Nintendo Switch uh, worldwide are just under 5 million. So 4.7 million. Yes. Uh, it sold 1.97 million in the last quarter. Correct. To which I have to ask, where were they? Right. Yeah. Where, who bought those? Who saw yeah. 2 million Switches on right. store shelves? That's amazing. I wonder how much of that must have just been international. Because at least anecdotally in the U.S., like you cannot find them. Like, I mean, anecdotally in Japan, it's impossible to find them. Yeah. I've, I've read like stories of game devs working on Switch games who can't go buy the Switch. You know, there's lines like crazy there. Uh, the secondhand market, market and scalping has been a massive problem. Uh, these numbers are huge. I wonder what they would look like with a steady supply of, of systems. That's, out that's exactly it. So like this is PS4 within its first three months it came out in november and uh as of about february was that like five something million mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. so this is like about on par with that that was only in the u.s because ps4 launched later in japan right. so it's like this yeah. is 
probably about the same, but people just can't get them. Yeah. So to compare apples to apples, uh, mm. the first quarter for the Wii saw 3.1, uh, 3.19 million, uh, sales for the Wii. And then the first quarter for Wii U, uh, just under that at 3 million. Yeah. And the Wii U actually had a, had a, not a terrible yeah. start out of the gates, yeah. but it mm. was available everywhere. True. I remember yeah. after it came out, we said, man, you go to a target, the, the shelves were stocked with Wii U's. That's not a good sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas with the Switch, they're gone. Ironically, this week, actually, I've seen a whole bunch of Switches go on sale. Uh, uh, you know, the GameStop uh, conglomerate with ThinkGeek, um, mm-hmm. they're selling bundles. So, you know, obviously retailers don't get so many of them. So they want to make sure that you buy a lot of stuff. So on GameStop, about like 350 bucks, three, 359, you get the, the system with the game. So it's a good deal. It's not yeah. like they're, they're scalping. Yeah. ThinkGeek um, was doing the same for the NES Classic, NES Classic as well. Yeah. But, they, but ThinkGeek adds more think geekish items like yes. you have to buy yeah. Zelda Monopoly with yeah, it or and a, all like that a stuff. giant Sonic statue or a or Mega something. Man helmet yeah that, yeah, that yeah. NES Classic deal was not a good deal but it was at least no. a way to get it yeah but, uh, they had like a Wario bed <laughs> yeah. yeah so if you're if you're still in the market for a Switch and you can't find one or an NES Classic um, go look at GameStop and Think Geek or just follow IGN Deals on Twitter yeah um, you know our our deal meister tweets out whenever Switches are uh, in stock. If they are in stock longer than five minutes. Yeah. But this Which is, they this usually is, aren't. This is fantastic. Yeah. I think it speaks well to the momentum happening with this system. And I think that if you look at the Wii U numbers, that was pretty much the dedicated, everyone bought, did everyone here buy one of those like right out the gate? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I actually bought mine about a year down the road. I got yeah. a refurbished unit. Got yeah. it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think like most of the people who bought those at the jump were the hardcore Nintendo fans, right? Yep. They were like, they want, they wanted it no matter what. Um, and once that number petered off, uh, you're left with not a lot of people. Yep. And this is a different story. I think this is reaching lapsed gamers, casuals, people who, hardcore gamers who buy every console, you know, people who have PS4, well, Xbox. You go, sorry. Oh, well, I was going to say there's also stuff to play on it. Yeah. I mean, like, the, I think one of the reasons that this paints a little bit of a different picture than we used early success is that, like, looking at MPD this month, like, all in a row, you had ARMS, you had Zelda, you had Mario Kart. There's been a major release pretty much once per month, and yeah. that continues straight through because we're coming up, obviously, Splatoon's out, we're coming up on Rabbids, we're coming up on uh, FIFA, we're coming up on so many things that are in Mario and Rabbids, and oh, I said that. But yeah, like, there, there'll be a lot of good stuff leading up to Galaxy. There's there's a, another interesting Odyssey. factoid here. So first of all, Zelda is at 3.5 million sold overall, uh, 1.16 Six million just in the quarter, but the big surprise to me is um, is Arms one point yeah. one eight million. So it's different from the Switch where people went crazy over Wii Sports and then said, "Nah, I'm good." Right, keep playing it, and then they might have gone out for um, the carnival games, some other casual games, or you know the this uh, is yeah this some is some of the collection. This is the by far and away the busy, biggest success of the Switch so far because this is a a new IP, b uh, has no recognizable characters in it from any Nintendo franchise yeah. effectively, and c like a motion controlled fighting game. Like it's just odd. It's an odd choice. It's got this weird new art style. Where Everybody's got like funny spring limbs. Like it doesn't. Yeah. It, it's called Arms, which is like admittedly a stupid name for anything. I love it. We all we've all come around to it. But that's that's did it cross a million in just over a month? You yeah. know, is that's great. phenomenal. And, and one two switch also over a yeah. million already sold. So uh, you know, Nintendo's doing well, and it's yeah. reflected in their financials. They made a they had an operating profit last quarter of 145 million dollars. You know, um, they made gross income. They made 578 million dollars. So 
a, a healthy business from, you know, if you remember, uh, you know, last year we're talking about mm-hmm. operating losses mm-hmm. and, yeah, um, exactly. like, all around. So, and I say this a lot, good. but like, you know, every time we report on sales or we talk about sales on a podcast or something like that, there's a select group of people who are kind of like, well, I don't care. I can't play sales numbers. And it's yep. like what they need to understand. And just to reiterate, you know, strong sales of first and third party, which hopefully we'll get to see eventually software on a system like this means that people want to support it. They want to put their games on it. It means we'll start seeing stuff get ported to it. I think that you're going to start to begin to see a mad dash of third parties going, let's take some stuff and bring it over and experiment. Um, and it just means more games. A it, successful console means more games. The Wii U wasn't one, so it didn't get a lot. 13 so, million Wii U sold worldwide. Yeah. And we're already, you know, we're, yeah. I, th- I think we'll cross that what in the next year well with yeah and with any public company right if you're not keeping up on on finance as well everybody played animal crossing and the uh the the turnips game right but if you know obviously when nintendo goes back to the street and reports really positive sales numbers investors become interested more people buy stock the stock trades higher that means more money in nintendo's pockets to actually invest in stuff like games more games and these are the things on powerpoint presentations at every third party right now hopefully so one Mm -hmm. one down note 3ds sales are down year over year uh, by 31 percent so yeah I think that's definitely declining. I think that's to be expected. We're seeing fewer and fewer 3DS games month over month. And honestly, like with a system that's as portable as the Switch, I've picked up my 3DS twice since uh, the Switch launched. That was to jump back into Pokemon for a little while and to play uh, Pikmin last week. And I mean, everything else, all my, the majority of my time has been spent playing my Switch. Yeah, when I travel like for the weekend or something and I want to grab a handheld to go, it's my Switch. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. And it's also like I would pick up my 3DS literally daily just to play Badge Arcade, but now it's gone. Yeah. And so it's like even like the little tiny incentives to just play for a minute a day aren't there. Yeah. That mm-hmm. said, I mean, when Metroid comes out, I'm all over. Yeah, that's for, what I was going to yeah, say too. For Come sure. September, uh, I'm sure uh, that'll be almost console exclusive, just me yeah. playing that <laughs> game, so. And finally, just to wrap up the the overall sales, uh, you know, Nintendo's smartphone efforts uh, actually drew eighty eight and a half million dollars uh, in that last quarter, which is really positive. Obviously, you don't know how much they spent on the effort, but I gotta think, uh, you know, it's pretty uh, is that, pretty pretty is that successful. Including Pokemon Go, or is that just Fire Emblem and Mario? It, uh, meaning mostly Fire Emblem. Uh, I, I'm sure it includes everything that they actually realized under it's the probably Nintendo their share business of, line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. eighty point five. Or yeah, eight. eighty and a half. That's not net profit. That's you know how much money. money came in. Yeah, yeah. It's, so and that's before Animal Crossing too. I, yeah, and we don't want to um, we don't want to inundate you guys with numbers, but uh, you know one more thing. Splatoon obviously came out, and we're all playing it. I thought the name of the show was Numbers Voice Chat. <laughs> that's right. Well, it was Splatoon Voice Chat for the last two weeks, so True. we're not going to talk a lot about Splatoon today. Um, uh-huh. But it came out in Japan, and it sold six hundred seventy-one thousand copies in one week, according to a report so. in Famitsu yep. Magazine. That has already in one week passed the lifetime sales of Mario Kart, which sold five hundred thirty. 4,000 so far. In just Japan, right? In just yep. Japan. So, you know, if you guys had any doubts Ow. that Splatoon is humongous for Japan, Nintendo is the first company to really crack first-person shooters. That's crazy. You know, in, in that market or third-person. Third-person, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. Well, that's also, insane. Also, don't forget that with all this financial reporting, like this stuff, so their quarter ended on June 30th, so you're not even seeing numbers for the past several weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is also stuff that, like, it's probably, all of these numbers are probably at least a little bit better than we're even seeing here. Yep. Right. And yeah, in this yeah. case, this was one-week sales, but yeah, overall. So you're uh, absolutely looking at another million-seller first-party franchise right there on the Spl- Splatoon is week one million-seller. Yeah. 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 Easily. Yeah. No if question. If not more so. I mean, Splatoon is so much bigger in Japan than it is here. 
Yeah. So uh, something that also could have sold really well was the uh, the Super NES Classic. I don't even want to talk about it. Did you guys all pre-order one on Walmart? God, yes. Yeah. No, because so, I saw this coming. What? Let me tell you. Let Did me, you pre-order Let me tell yes. you how this went down. There, there I was spending my days in anxiety thinking about how am I going to get a Super Nintendo Classic. Yep. And I was at Comic-Con when uh, our friend Wario64 <laughs> on Twitter tweeted out that pre-orders were available on Super Nintendo for the Super NES Classic. And I uh, opened up my phone. I texted. I sent a group message to you guys. And I was like, pre-orders are up. Go now. Uh, I was already logged into Walmart.com, got mine, and just felt so supremely <laughs> confident about it. I was like, that was easy. That was so much easier than the months that I spent tracking down an NES Classic. Didn't like little squiggly lines appear over your head, like little, like spider, little spidey, spidey sense, sense thing? Yeah. No, I was, they did appear I was totally head. duped. Like part yeah. of me, in the same way that I, I pre-ordered my Switch and had zero complications with that, I was like, I'm, okay, so I'm two out of three on you just pre-orders you golden and that ain't yeah. bad. Yeah. I'm and invincible! It's crazy invincible this because like I couldn't find the NES Classic, nobody yeah. could. And but, this happened with Target with NES Classic. The exact yeah. same thing happened. Yeah. They took orders when they weren't supposed to because they didn't have an allocation from Nintendo and then they all got cancelled. So, well, you got the email. So what's even worse is that the next day at Comic-Con, uh, one of our coworkers, uh, Brian Malkowitz, who was telling me, hey, those that Walmart pre-order was a mistake, and emails are rolling out that pre-orders are getting canceled. And in my mind, still, optimistically, I was like, I ordered mine so fast, I'm sure mine is fine. And I didn't get an email for almost a full week. Same. And then yesterday, uh, the email came through and was like, sorry, we've made a mistake. Yeah. Pre-orders are canceled. Sucks, we didn't man. charge your card yet. And then I openly wept. Yeah, I there were a lot of yeah. there were a lot of people who said, "Oh, I, mine hasn't gotten canceled. I actually got an order update that says your order has been updated. Now it's yeah, new release date." Me too. Yeah, like, well, that's a good sign. Yeah, if you're still out there and you think that um, that you're okay, you're not. Walmart you're not. has canceled all orders, so unfortunately, you'll have to reapply once the pre-orders. So through. I actually got this crappy like one-two punch where they sent me an email being like it's canceled, and they sent me another email being like, "Good news, your pre-order has been updated by one day, and so, it's free." And I was like, "Oh, cool." So so it's not canceled. It's still happening. and I'm getting it earlier. And then they sent another one that was just like, nah, just kidding. We hate you. We're Walmart. Uh, yeah. So what does this mean? Do you think that we will have an opportunity to pre-order at all? Yes. I think pre-orders will go up. We don't know what that. You don't think so? <laughs> no. no. I think it'll be the same as last time. Oh, I think this is an audio podcast. So if you're shaking your head over there, you can say yeah. the words. Oh, uh, <laughs> we don't know if shaking our head. <laughs> I, I, I really don't think so. I think that um, same as NES Classic. It seems to be that their strategy is they want these in stores. I think you'll get the little. <laughs> that was not their strategy. No, the strategy I, well, I mean, was that they don't want to sell it. Very few you. people could, but the, yeah. their strategy was get in the store. If you can't, too bad. Like, Our speculation it, from the jump of that thing was like, oh, this is the kind of thing you'll be able to walk into a CVS. It'll be on yeah, the end on the cap. End cap. Yep. And yeah. you just be like, oh, a candy bar. I'll get my O. Henry and my People magazine. <laughs> <laughs> grab an NES classic. It's so easy. You're Instead, weird, we're dude. like, we're slashing each other's throats trying to get Amazon so, now to deliver it. I think my concern here is that I there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, conversation around the demographic for this little system, right? So on the day that it was announced, when the games came down, Andrew and I, I distinctly remember talking about like, well, the NES Classic was probably a lot harder to find because, um, you know, like our parents' demographic, like it appeals to so many more gamers that aren't typical, like you're like run-of-the-mill Alec gamers, right? Um, 
and who haven't purchased these on other systems a million times and things like that. Uh, but the more I think about it, the more I look at that lineup on the SNES Classic, the more it's like, ooh, this is going to be in such high demand. It's going to be so hard to find. I, yeah. I mean, I, I actually, I'm a little bit more hopeful because Nintendo did say we're thinking about ways to deliver more stock, yeah. right? So they, they, they already acknowledged that the first one was a disaster. <laughs> but you're also seeing the stock for the NES Classic now returning. for Even though it's not being made anymore on ThinkGeek and, you know, like, granted, as bundles. Yeah. But they said they had a lot in stock. Yep. And, you know, they're so... They're still not sold out. I do, and they're still there. So yeah. I, I do think there's hope for the second wave when the excitement has died down a little bit and in some of, the, some of those niche stores. Like Amazon, it's just this big hub where... All the scalpers go too. Sure. A scalper does not want to buy a bundle that has a freaking plush mushroom in it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> plush they'll lose, as it's called. They'll lose so much room. money. Yeah. I mean, these, I don't know if you remember the day, uh, we got a heads up that Amazon pre-orders were coming and they, I think they actually finally said it like on Twitter and the whole office was ready to go and it literally crashed yeah. Amazon. Yeah. That was like, all of Amazon. Amazon. That was one of the craziest Amazon. days yeah. that I've ever been in this office yeah. because it was, it was like a, like somebody doing the wave. I remember Ryan McCaffrey yeah. just stood up and shouted, pre-orders are up on Amazon and then just, <laughs> This frantic clicking of yep. mice and like typing uh, furiously yeah. and like, and we're yeah. all terrified too because we're getting them shipped to the same address. And yeah, we're like they're gonna think it's like some sort of like scalpers hub. Oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Sorry, we canceled all your. Yeah. We're all gonna end up only that gets his. We're all no, gonna think I mean, I, all right. I really hope I'm wrong. I really hope they're pre-orders. I hope you're wrong too. Yeah, me too, guys. Let's let's move on and come back when we uh, fail at the next batch of pre-orders <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, and then lament. Um, sorry, ten percent uh, of the show historically has always been us. Collectively complaining about not being able to purchase something. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it be an amiibo, a Switch, so, a 3DS. Ryan, hey. I tried to download the, uh, Rayman Legends, <laughs> Rayman Legends Definitive Edition demo yeah. from the EU eShop. Yeah. I was unsuccessful. How come? Yeah. There was a demo for Rayman. How yeah. long was it there oh, wait, for? Wait, there's Rayman. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, you got it? I got That's it. It's out so, of the bag. Yeah. So, so that was a mistake too. So Rayman is coming to, uh, the Switch on, uh, September 12th. Correct. Uh, or the opposite of those dates, if you're in Europe, that always screws me up. It was like, coming December 9. 9. I was like, really? That's kind of late. Yeah. Uh, so well, we go small to big. So yeah, day, month, year. They, they do everything right over there. We've yeah. just been doing it wrong for so long that it feels right. Yep. Uh, so uh, they put the demo up for Rayman Legends on the e- on the European shop, which I have an account for. Super easy. I've said this before. I have an account for... America, U.S., or U.S., Japan, and EU, right? So hopping over to each of those accounts, downloading demos or games, whatever, super easy to do. Jumped on there, grabbed the demo. It's the demo that launched on Wii U originally, I believe. There used to be a demo for that game. Oh, yeah. So it's just like, it's like nine levels or something or seven levels. Wow. There's like a good amount of stuff in there. And it, uh, characters you can swap in and out of. If you've never played Rayman Legends, it's a sequel to Rayman Origins. One of the most beautiful platforming games ever made. It's got this like really Michael Ansel hand-paintedly style, uh, co-op, um, action platforming game. They brought in a bunch of stuff from Origins into it. Goldie, like you've levels. like almost 100% of this game, right? Twice, yeah. I yeah. 100% it on Wii U, and then I'm like four trophies away on Vita. Um, it's, yeah, so they added, there's a lot of like little unlockable things. So as you go, you can collect like, uh, there are these music levels, and then there are 8-bit versions, mm-hmm. and like there are bonus levels, and each of the bonus levels is basically an origins level, yeah. Yeah. but with a, maybe a new twist, depending on which character you're using. So they put this demo up in the on the shop. I grabbed it. I played it. I was like, cool. This totally checks out. This is going to be a fun game. Yeah. It leans into more of the PlayStation 4 style of playing where um, if you remember the Legends version on Wii U had Murphy, which was this like little character who flew around and forced you to do like kind of touchscreen stuff like yeah. slash ropes and yeah. move blocks around. Uh, 
on the on the PS4 version and I believe some other versions, you could just hit the A button and it would do that for you. So that's the version here. I think there'll be touchscreen stuff eventually. Either way, the demo's gone. They pulled it. So uh, come over and play it if you want. I have it. Um, or wait or just play it on Wii U because it's there already. But uh, it's, they, I mean, it's such they said a great it's coming game. back. It's a really cool yeah. game. So the weird thing about this is a uh, weird little sort of like anecdote is that this is not the first time Ubisoft has put a Rayman demo on a Nintendo platform and then yanked it never to be seen again. Uh, tell us about the 3DS version, Goldfarb. Yeah, the 3D. I forget if it's Origins or Legends, but it's the same thing. They put the demo up and then yanked it. But the worst thing on 3DS is that it had limited plays. Yeah. So like, I have that demo, but it's like 24 plays remaining, and I'm like, when I play it 20 times, that's it. Like that's <laughs> the end. Yeah. The demo just disappears. After? No, it stays there, but it just says you can't play it. Yeah. Like oh, you'll have the icon stupid. for it yep. forever. That's uh, weird. Do you think it was a music licensing issue because mm-hmm. Rayman has the the crazy like uh, tune levels in it? Yeah, I don't uh, know. I mean, there's they, like Brown Betty and a whole bunch of other songs in there yeah. so like i don't round betty huh <laughs> yeah. michael ansel and brown betty <laughs> yeah do you do you remember that movie uh batman returns starring michael pfeiffer as catwoman <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, we, let, we let the Michelle on sell slide. But. Ultimately, I, hey, think I that, call Michael. All right, we're boys. <laughs> it's, get American. Regardless of whether or not there's a demo available, it's really exciting that Rayman uh, is coming to Switch. Yeah, I think yeah. That, that's. It's such a gorgeous, like incredibly engrossing platformer, and honestly, the Switch is sort of missing that right now. Like, I, I think, think forty bucks is too steep for it. Ew, I didn't know that was the yeah. case. That was not good. Well, and that's that was the whole thing. Like the night of the so in January, Ubisoft announced three games all at once. So it was Just Dance, it was this, and it was Steep. And at the time, I really rolled my eyes at that. Is that is their offer? Can you show us? Switch. Okay. Like that. Um, if you're out. listening at home. Uh, <laughs> but no, like at that time, I was like, well, that doesn't seem great. Now that I'm actually thinking about Rayman Legends, I'm like, yeah, I will 100% replay that, even yeah. for 40 bucks. Yeah. Like, I think it's, it's so, like playing it on Vita was perfect. It's yeah. such a good portable game. It looks great on Switch. It's yeah. really beautiful. I was Especially planning to not screen. rebuy yeah. it because I already own it multiple, multiple times, but that portable factor is going to get Guess out. what? You yeah. will. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, yeah. You know what else Congrats. I'm going to buy? <laughs> what? Uh, is the, uh, the, the Metroid Amiibos. I imagine you pre ordered like three of those. Yeah. I pre-ordered the Amiibo, I think, at Walmart. I'm getting a little worried. <laughs> um, anyway, so we Once learned... Once bit and twice shy, pair. <laughs> we learned what they actually uh, do. You can look that up online, but basically, you know, the new Samus one will uh, unlock uh, an energy reserve tank, the classic Samus one, a missile reserve tank. Uh, there was the uh, the Metroid, the squishy Metroid, reveals the location of any Metroid on your map. Which will so, be like, supremely useful map. in kind of Samus a, Returns. It's kind of a a, a, a cool feature, right? Um, the only thing is that the Zero Suit, well, no, and the Zero Suit has an energy reserve tank and music in the gallery, so it, it unlocks all sorts of stuff. But the the hard mode is locked behind Amiibo. Yeah, that's right? that's, that's bad. Stupid. That's yeah. bad. Do you, do you yeah. think? I mean, we don't know yet if that means it's exclusively locked behind an Amiibo, or if you can beat the game and then unlock. Behind it. which yeah. Amiibo? Uh, which one was it again? I'm not sure. That's one of the three. Uh, I think Um, we deleted our own. I'm not sure. Can you buy them individually anyway? I thought they're only sold. Pack? Yeah, I thought they're, I I prefer a three pack of them. Yeah, you might be right. So. Uh, sorry, it was the uh, the Metroid. The Metroid yeah. has the new difficulty mode. This is the second the time. Metroid. This is the second time that Nintendo sort of bungled the hard mode uh, in yeah. a in a major release. Yeah, we don't know. It might be yeah. 
So let's let's see. But I mean, uh, I'm sure s- they'll upset some people. They sold you master mode right through Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. right? I'm upset right now. You're upset. You should nah, be. Upset. I'm not that I'm mad, mad about it. Yeah. I'm not that mad about it. I mean, I, I feel like um, Samus Returns. Well, I guess initially Return of Samus was a hard enough game to begin with. Yep. <laughs> so I don't necessarily know that I need hard mode, but yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's I, it's that weird thing yeah. where I think costumes are the perfect mechanism for Amiibo. I think mm-hmm. like the way they work in Zelda, I'm actually really happy with. Um, I was actually just scanning your Majora's Mask mm-hmm. one earlier to try and get the deity armor, but I think like at that point. Like when you're hiding hard mode, that's a gameplay feature. And yeah. that's a thing that like feels a little like, I guess you could think of it in a positive way, which is that you're buying the DLC or you're buying hard mode, but you get you reaction figures. With it. Yeah. Like I think that's yeah. what they mean again, to do. Again, I, we don't know that this is necessarily 100% the case. So everybody out there, please take it with a grain of salt. But yeah. if it is yep. the case, it's sort of a bummer. Yeah. I think it yeah. sucks straight up. Yeah. Like, I mean, whether or not this game's hard or easy, I think giving you the option on day one is something they shouldn't lock behind a physical purchase or a digital purchase. Like, I don't think that DLC, uh, should be uh, tied to something like a difficulty level. Like that's something that's, it's this very basic thing that should be there yeah. on day one. You know, master mode was one thing because it came with all this other stuff and there was like, it comes later too. You could see that they started working on it maybe it wasn't done for the final game there's that little distinction right it always feels icky when something is locked away yeah to be unlocked by some key that you just haven't been yeah. given well, I imagine yeah, this, on the this is going to work on day one right i mean day one you're walled Which out it's ironic when you're but, talking about a metroid game yeah. <laughs> huh? the idea that it's hidden behind a key a door that you can't open yeah yeah uh, I mean, I day, day, have to buy. Uh-huh. day one, not being able to just switch over to hard mode without buying something is stupid. Really? I, See, I'm, I just want to play the game on normal. I don't know what you're talking you about, got, Brian, hard mode door. Altano over here. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm, I mean, like thousands of people listen to this yeah. show, right? And I'm speaking on behalf of the ones that like probably aren't, players. that don't buy every Joy-Con released and don't buy every Amiibo and don't they, buy every Switch case that they, they make. There are such people? Yeah, there's some people who just buy a Ooh, game and they don't, it out. you know. Did you see my new Splatoon Switch case? Yeah, I like it so much that I just sold, I literally bought this two days ago, sold it to someone already so I could buy that one instead. For those of you listening at home, Per Schneider is holding up his Switch case and it's got multiple colors on it such as green and pink. Yeah, and I ordered the Be matching uh, Joy-Con with it. Welcome back to another episode of What We're Buying. Right. Anyway, yeah. Let's talk about what we're playing instead. There sure. we, we talked about sales numbers and and sales that didn't go through. Let's talk about what we're actually playing. And as sure. always, there's always an obscure indie game on the list that only Brian has played, which in <laughs> this case true. is Fate Extella came out. Fate slash Extella. Okay, the, Fate slash Extella. <laughs> Umbral Star. Uh, I'll do a quick rundown yep. on this one if you haven't heard of it. This is like one of the sort of more expensive meteor games we've seen launch on Switch without really like... I don't know, like a, a big sort of a ton of fanfare behind it. Um, but this is a Japanese game. It's a Muso style game. So if you played Hyrule yep. Warriors, Dynasty Wars, it's one of those, but, uh, it's more based around, uh, quirky Japanese girls in, in half naked clothing. So if that's your jam, hop up on there. So it's the third installment in a franchise yeah. called Fate slash Extra yeah. by a Japanese visual novelist named, uh, Kinoko Nasa. Yeah. So it's interesting that this game, which already came out on PS3, Vita, PS4, mm-hmm. um, is making its way to the switch now um and it's it's honestly like it's pretty niche market but it's really cool that it's it is on switch mm. for those that want to play it. now that you've described it i'm very confused that you have not platinumed it i know well i mean they they I, do I, yeah. I will Japan. say i think this signals something that's kind of a seismic shift which is that obviously the vita is dead and a lot of these niche japanese yeah. games need a new home and yeah. they're finding a place on switch and yeah that's actually like a pretty good as someone who is into those nerdy niche Japanese games. Like I think that's actually a really cool thing yeah. to see happening. Because I love my Switch. So I played this one for a while and I yep. like I honestly like the fact I'm not crazy into Muso games. Even the Hyrule Warriors didn't totally yep. grab me. But I think it's a 
it's perfect for a handheld, which like is probably why I didn't really play it on 3DS because it didn't work so well there. Yeah. Um, but it's the kind of game that like talking about Hyrule Wars. Still? Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. Sorry, I'm um, confused. No, no, no. It's um, it's the kind of game that like you're marathoning some show on TV and you just want to like just beat up a bunch of waves of bad guys without being super invested in a really deep game. That's your chance right there. Uh, this one has like some RPG elements to it. So there's story cut scenes and stuff between the levels, unlock costumes. There's like bosses and stuff. It's totally fun. It's totally cool. Uh, it's kind of the first of its kind on Switch. So if you're looking for a game like that, um, yeah, check out some videos of it and see if you're into it. Yeah. It's a, and there's a physical version too. It's always, I mean, I got, I got, gotta be honest. Like sometimes I'm, I'm surprised by games that pop up on the eShop. Yeah. I'm like, wait, how did I, how did I not realize this was coming out today? Mm-hmm. And like that was one of those games where I just wasn't expecting to. Yeah. Just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, another game that came came in fast, but we had more of a heads up was Overcooked. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's um, played that game, right? Love that game oh, so that much. Game. Overcooked yeah. is so good. Yeah. So it's twenty bucks uh, on the eShop. Um, uh, it can break families apart. Yeah. yeah. I, I know. I know this from experience. I played. Um, I played the the console version before uh, with my family with the kids. If you haven't played over uh, Overcooked yet, it's you have to work together to prepare meals. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know one, and and you basically have to divvy up the task where one person you know uh, cooks the hamburger and moves the pan around, puts the the meat on the bun. Somebody else chops a tomato, and then you have to deliver it all. And then oh, the dishes get dirty, so somebody has to wash the dishes. And it just stuff starts piling up yeah. like in a Hell's Kitchen kind of episode, and like you start shouting like, "Why are you you drop the burger on the floor?" It's and, really fun yeah. because there's like it takes this very simple premise of like, "What if you and your friend were cartoon line chefs?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. right. And you start off in this bit, very basic kitchen, and then they start doing weird things like, oh, the kitchen is actually a food truck on a highway uh, and it gets Separates, split in half. Yeah. Or there's an earthquake <laughs> that makes half the level go up. Or there's rats that run through and steal your food. Or it's on a pirate ship and as it tilts, <laughs> everything in the restaurant falls off the, the, the table. It so, could, yeah, it goes to the side yeah. and you have to reorganize yourself because you, you don't have access to the same things anymore. And so on Switch, uh, obviously you can play it docked or undocked. In handheld mode, when you play it by yourself, this game's not really super fun when you play it alone. I, that like, was my word of caution. Yeah. So, and it is, it is a handheld game, so you can play it anywhere by yourself. But the cool thing about that is that when you play multiplayer, which you can do up to four people on one screen, undocked anywhere, Super cool. uh, or two at a so time awesome. using just the Joy Cons popping off, like the way you play Mario Kart split screen, but you have your own screen. Um, it's really fun because you basically just have this game anywhere you want to go. Yeah. To me, that, that, that's the biggest selling point. Uh, having only played this game in a party environment, yeah. uh, being able to, to have it on my switch and take it like just to pop it up in the office yeah. or killing time waiting for a, a, a car or something at a bar, like playing a couple of rounds of overcooked is such a no brainer. Yeah. It's one of those it's a perfect it's a, fit. For I know. System. Exactly. Yeah. And it's a perfect yeah. fit for just having installed and just yeah. sitting there. Even if you boot it up once every six months, it's, it's just the way like it's the, thing. it feels to me the exact same way that snipper clips. Yeah. Yes. It's totally. like, it's such a perfect opportunity to like, Bust out your Switch in a casual environment and be like, oh, you guys aren't necessarily mm-hmm. huge gamers, but this game will yeah. immediately make sense to you, and it's really, it's really... Exact as the funeral we don't want to play over for. <laughs> but, but the... Br- <laughs> The brilliant thing about this game is that you can cover for a friend who's not as good or is not right. experienced. You're, you're like, oh, move over. I'm going to do this. Yeah, right? like, yeah. And they can learn by watching you. But my favorite part about that game is just the sense of... Like everybody starts off and you're like, you do this, I do this, you do this, and then and we then swap it. And it falls apart. And it falls apart yeah. and it just becomes horrible and the burger is on fire and like it's just 
it's this wonderful game of escalation and just being completely frustrated well, it's, with yeah, the inability of others. Yeah, but it's a terrible nightmare yeah. game for type A people yeah. like me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really funny because like the ba- like to describe like the basic act of like making a burger in that game is like you have to take the meat, you have to chop it. That yeah. has its own chopping station. Then you put it out, you put it on the grill. If the grill overheats, it catches on fire and half your kitchen burns down. And you have to throw it out. Didn't they put that on the box? You take the meat and then you chop it. Yeah. Overcooked. <laughs> so then you get the bun and then some all these orders pop up and you're like, oh, this guy wants lettuce and tomatoes. So you chop those two. You put it on together. You put it over there. You deliver it. And you're like, yeah, great. And then a dirty plate comes back and you're like, oh, crap, I got to clean dishes too. I thought this was like a cooking game. Yeah. So you have one person now is cleaning the dishes and the other person's like, I guess I'm doing everything else in the restaurant. So your jobs completely fall apart. Yeah. Um, specifically I, on Switch, it's really fun. And highly, I highly recommend it. Yeah. If, you have, if you have friends you like to play games with and you have people coming over all the time, you got to have this. One. I noticed like some minor frame rate issues on Switch when things get really crazy. Um, both both versions? Like just just undocked. Okay. Yeah, not docked. Yeah. Um, so just keep an eye on that for that. I am Imagine they'll it has patch all it. DLC in it, though. Yeah, it so does. That's awesome. It does. Yeah, that's so yeah. all the yeah. DLC packs. And the DLC is really hard. Yeah, uh, but it's really fun. Cool, so yeah, very check cool. That one out. Another game snuck out. Yeah, Namco Museum just launched. It's thirty bucks. It's um, well, Brian. You're playing this one too. Yeah, <laughs> he's he doesn't sleep. Yeah. Brian playing yeah. the games. That's yeah, right. really. Uh, run, I'll run through real quick. So basically, in lieu of Nintendo again having a dedicated virtual console, everyone is eating their lunch, including you know Neo Geo and Namco. So uh, this game just launched. It's got Pac-Man, Galaga, Dig Dug, Tower of Draga, Sky Kid, Rolling Thunder, Galaga '88, Splatterhouse, Tank Force, Rolling Thunder 2, Pac-Man Verse, and Brown Betty. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> yeah. uh, no. Um, so Pac-Man Verse is the only one I didn't get to try yet, but they sent me. So apparently, you'll be able to download a multiplayer app for this game on other switches. Cool. And then communicate with each other. So, so it's like a cartless. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Like the way they used to do Mario Kart on the yeah, Game on Boy Advance, yeah, like yeah, download yeah. play, but uh-huh. use a code um, in this case, right? But if you're really into retro games, um, this one's really cool because there's a lot of options on Switch. You can basically uh, sort of mess with the pixel ratio, stretch the screen to any dimensions you want play with a number of different controllers but yeah you can play vertically in tape mode so a lot of old arcade games have this sort of vertical monitor uh if you have a way to prop up that screen like a kickstand or something like that which won't work with the one you have i don't think you want to test that no, I don't think you can do Tate with that. You have to. Oh, no. No, it doesn't work. Oh, that's not a good noise. Uh, so this you case can, has one built in, though. Yeah. So some oh, cases yeah. have a kickstand built in. that We get it. The case that. is really cool. Oh, like right. the Splatoon case, you mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh. Um, but again, you can play multiplayer on in a bunch of games. Like Something like um, Rolling Thunder has two-player co-op. <laughs> Nobody can do it. You just can't get those switches. You just up gotta hire there. someone to stand there for you. Okay? Nothing, yeah. nothing like a good visual gag on yeah. a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can play multiplayer on the same screen with a couple of different games like Rolling Thunder. Uh, it's cool to have like stuff like Pac-Man on here. And yeah. I mean, goes without saying, these are not the NES versions. So no, you these get are like, uh, the way that it played in so, the arcade. Spoiler yeah. alert: uh, Pac-Man Versus is worth thirty bucks a lot. <laughs> yes. Thanks, yeah. Yep. Pac-Man Versus is amazing. I believe it was free back in the day, but it's appreciated over time. Yeah. <laughs> and I. I'm I'm old enough to have played these in the arcades. When yeah, they came out. So Dig Dug was like the one arcade machine in my small town. That like as a kid in Germany, you were allowed to go into bars. It's a little different here. And this bar in my local town had one Dig Dug machine hanging on the wall. Yeah, and I would just I would play it every time. Every time I'm there. Yeah, I was there in the bar. At I the, and I think they they did a fantastic child. <laughs> they did it like a fantastic job with the emulation in this package. And the the menus are really clean. Like when you hover over um a game it shows you like the promotional art from yep. the arcade like sort of marquee stuff and then it shows you gameplay and once you jump in there's different
different borders, kind of like the Super Game Boy had. So yeah, I don't know. I just I feel like thirty bucks again, like a little too high for something like this. Um, twenty would have been the perfect sweet spot, but I don't know. I mean, Nintendo would have sold each of these games for five bucks a piece. So I'm I'm. I might just do it again. Yeah. Oh, we can play some Pac-Man first. It never ends, know. man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to, uh, hear a little bit from you, actually. Um, Uh-oh. you went to, uh, Pokemon Go Fest. Yeah, it went swimmingly. Right? No and problems whatsoever. You went there, you played the game the entire time. Everybody was like cheering. Yeah, everyone's really happy. Hugs. Totally positive event. People in Pikachu costumes <laughs> crying. Yeah. For joy. Well, they, were, they were crying. Yeah. Yeah. That's so what really happened? Where, where, where was this thing? Uh, it was in Chicago. So, uh, I went to Pokemon Go Fest in Chicago, which was meant to be sort of the one year anniversary of Pokemon Go. It was Niantic's sort of official way of like saying, hey, we have a massively successful year. Let's celebrate the community. You could catch a bunch of really rare stuff. They debuted legendary Pokemon. It was when it worked, which it did work about half of the time or maybe 25% of the time. Uh, it was really cool. What a disaster. But disastrously, uh, the servers went down. No one in the park could get connectivity of any kind. Uh, it just, it ended up being a near riot. Where most of the people there, like, I mean, the CEO of Niantic came out on stage and people started booing. They were just chanting, like, F you. And then there was, like, a, a rally of, like, fix your game. People were throwing full water bottles at the hosts. Gee, from, that's, they had, that's like, not YouTubers. good. Don't it was do like, that. It's it became, like a Blues Brothers scene. It really, it became, like, really rough. Um, so eventually they gave full refunds to everybody and $100 of in-game credit. And they gave everybody Whoa. one free legendary Pokemon. How, so, how did they distribute that? Uh, it just appeared in the game. Like mine finally just appeared yesterday. You got a hundred dollars of in-game credit. Well, I was there as press, so that, that's people who bought mm-hmm. tickets. I, although I, I should check if I got the credit, but it was anybody who scanned a barcode, basically. That's crazy. Oh, okay. yeah. So basically, like the way it worked, because there's so many spoofers in that game that like fooled the GPS to make so many like, what spoofers, spoofers, spoof. Spoofing. What the kids spoofers. are calling spoofing and goofing. All right. Um, it's basically people who, uh, from a computer, tell their like do a proxy GPS thing and be like, Oh yeah, I'm in Chicago when really they're ah. sitting in whatever, uh, California. Sure. Um, to prevent that, they had these QR codes you had to scan on site that okay. were one time use only and that checked your GPS and everything. So if you Think successfully did that, you get all this stuff, but it was, it was a cool, I mean, when it worked, it was a really cool reminder of why that game was a pop culture phenomenon. It was the whole thing of like, Someone yells out, "There's a rare Pokemon," and 30 people run to it. And or it somebody was, yells out, "Let's kill that guy on stage." <laughs> yeah, exactly. To do it, but I mean, like, really, like, it was it 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 was a cool, family friendly, wonderful event <laughs> when it <laughs> when it worked, yeah, and then when, it kind of just evolved. But when it didn't work, it was a perfect reminder of how crummy that game was when it launched. Yeah, that's the whole I thing. I mean, I think I made it about three weeks into Pokemon Go before I was like, "Okay, I don't want to play this. It yeah. barely that's, works." Yeah. I mean, I, I when you first told me the story, I I first thought, "Man, would I would I be that guy?" If I went to an event that was all about celebrating this thing, would I be that upset? But I guess, yeah, right? Like if you're yeah. shelling out money, you don't know that you're going to get a refund or anything. Exactly. You're just like, guys. They didn't announce that until like six up. hours in. Did they yeah. get up and like in front of the whole group of the mob or whatever they're called and say, hey, you get a hundred free bu- fake yeah, dollars? Yeah, but like they did that at probably, like, probably like 2 p.m. And the event started at nine in the morning and people were lined up since six in the morning. So, I mean, like oh. they did that. It was also about 95 degrees oh. in the middle of the park. And they threw their water. I would have held yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, really. Well, they finished it and then <laughs> they, uh, they, was empty. <laughs> they really, uh, they have a bunch of other events happening this summer all around the world and they have to figure this out. I mean, I think like, uh, I wrote a thing that you can read, but I think ultimately what it comes down to is like, they're adding all these really cool new features. They're introducing new Pokemon. They're doing all this stuff and it's 
built on this very shaky foundation. Mm-hmm. I mean, How do you not stress test that before you organize an event like exactly. this? Exactly. I mean, that's that's what baffles me the most is when you're organizing something to this extent, how do you not make sure you're crossing off all of your T's and dotting all your I's and saying, okay, this will work yeah. for these people to come and play this game. I mean, did well, we, we like, just talked earlier about how, uh, the NES classic took down Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Sometimes it's just Nintendo well, fans just get up in there. I, I would just caution because sometimes people do sabotage, you know, when you have an event or you have a launch, there are hackers who are trying, you know, uh, denial of service attacks or things like that. Companies usually don't come out and say that's what happened because they don't want to encourage that sort sure. of, uh, hacking and, Sure. And show the vulnerable vulnerability. So we don't know. I mean, I'm assuming they stress tested this stuff, but maybe. I mean, I guess it's just never enough. I mean, ultimately, like, I'm so curious what's going on, like, in all the meeting rooms of the Pokemon <gasps> company, because like Niantic is one thing, like they're the ones in charge of this game. But I bet you the Pokemon company is very upset. Let's get down to brass tacks. Yeah. You think it was Team Rocket? Oh, <laughs> it's the water. Uh-huh. No, no. They throw in the water. Yeah. Is that um, how you catch a Pokemon CEO? <laughs> yes. Let's talk about let's talk about an event that was a little bit more successful, gentlemen. Uh, Comic Con. Oh boy, who went? So yeah, did you all go? You didn't. Yeah. Go. I was you were a, I was a Pokemon, Pokemon fan. Zach and I went, living it up with the yeah, water bottles, and sweating. And you guys went. Brian and I went. Brian got to go to a hands-on uh, event on preview night yeah. and play some of the games while I was stress testing our live stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, Brian, you played uh, Odyssey. You played mm-hmm. Metroid. Mm-hmm. You played uh, Mario and Rabbids. Uh-huh. Oh, what else did you play? Skyrim? Skyrim, yeah. Ooh, um, yeah. Let's start with that. So sure. wh- what what's it look like seeing Skyrim run on this screen? Like, did you get to see it on the tiny screen? Uh, like To be completely honest, it's like pretty surreal. Yeah. Like yeah. it almost feels like for a number of reasons, right? First of all, that's like one of the best selling games of all time. It's one of the biggest games of all time to see it like with an, you know, with the sort of Nintendo stuff around it is yep. really fascinating. I never thought we'd get anything like that. It almost feels like someone hacked it on there, which <laughs> is a running theme with Skyrim, but it's also this kind of testament that like, you know, this is a different era than any Nintendo era we've had before. So it's really nice when you get down to it. It's Skyrim, which is like a, a wonky ass game that's just kind of weird yeah. coming off of breath of the wild. That is a weird game to play. Cause it's just, just janky. Like, yeah. and it's lovably janky and people adore it for that. But Skyrim to me has always been something that like, like I don't, there are people who play that game seriously for like the lore and everything like that. And there are people that play to like burn rabbits and just like see how I far cheese wheels. Yeah. yeah. And so I think for that, that's going to be a good time. If you play Skyrim more like Minecraft and less like, I don't know, Ocarina of Time. Um, that's, that's me. That's where I'll find fun in it. Uh, but it's a huge game and it runs really well. It's got all the DLC in it. I don't think it'll have any of the mods. We'll see how that goes, but yeah, I doubt we'll see any mods, but yeah. did you get a feel for whether or not it was the special edition? I'm, I'm assuming it's probably just the standard edition, like graphically. I'm right? not sure. It looked, it looked really good. It looks good. Um, I, you mean like the, spe- the HD mm-hmm, special mm-hmm. stuff that they put out recently? Um, yeah, I couldn't tell you. And yeah. did you mess with the motion controls at all? No, Max did. And he said it mostly worked. Like Max, now who is that? Max Scoville. Okay. All right. Yeah. I can't, uh, friend of the show. I, friend I, of the show. I mean, I can't see myself playing the motion controls. I had to bite my lip a little bit when you're, when, with all the blasphemy about the, uh, uh, that you uttered over Skyrim. Why? Obviously, it's an amazing game. Yeah, but it's also it's a janky wonderful. mess. I, I'll give you that. It is because it's such a big world that's populated by characters that, that kind of react to each other and run scripts. Like anything can happen, including the infamous, like, uh, horse Carts flying yeah. into the sky oh, yeah. and all that stuff. Obviously, there the bugs happen in this world, and like I, 
when you play Breath of the Wild, you're amazed at how solid that world is and right. how well it works. Right. But, <laughs> but there's also a ton more going on in I agree. Just I agree. the, when you go into a village, like the way the characters walk around and you can kill characters, like everything impacts everything, right? Um, I spend, I usually spend hundreds of hours in like the Fallout and Elder Scroll games. Total sucker for them. You think I'll play the, the story stuff and all the side missions? You think you'll triple, triple dip on this one? I think I'm going to play it again. Me too. I'm saying that just not knowing where I'm Me going too. to find the time, but yeah. it's like, yeah. it's a perfect airplane game yeah. too. Yeah. And, uh, there is still, when I look back, there's still a ton of stuff I haven't done in Skyrim last time when I played it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got about, I got about 10 hours into the special edition, uh, when it released last, last year. Yeah. And, uh, sort of fell off pretty quick. Uh, but the idea that it, it's portable. The yeah. idea that I can yeah. play it on a plane or well, play it like on, on the bus, like yeah. yeah. And with Zelda, I mean, like you've beaten Zelda, obviously, and it's like like right now I'm doing all the Korok seeds. I'm a crazy person, but it's like I will eventually someday run out of stuff to do with Zelda, and this is sort of my next theoretically infinite. Like I can just pick it up. Yeah, totally. Game. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you. No, no. By my, my again, a word of caution to people who have never played an Elder Scrolls game: it's when you come off a game like Breath of the Wild, and that's what you're getting at. Yeah. You swing the sword and it connects, and it causes this kind of visceral impact, and it feels like you're hitting something Skyrim is more kind of like it's almost can't shake it's like turn-based roots almost right it's like classic RPG where uh, or when you're playing an M- MMO when you strike something you don't get that instant feedback that's Witcher, Witcher, yeah. Witcher kind of walks that line like it, it did it better that was always that was always Jose's yeah. complaint about the Witcher yeah. was that it felt too floaty yeah. the Elder Scrolls games yeah. always feels like you're swiping like this and yes you're hitting something and you're, you're causing damage but it's more kind of classic RPG style mm-hmm. where you, you see the damage numbers on you know like that versus the kind of like you feel the impact Back in the character like yeah. recoils. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I yeah, I think it's going to be a little weird to people who've never played it and yeah. have mostly only played super polished Nintendo games. But but, but there's then, a lot there, right? Like it's cool, it's coming. But then you what? Then after like, and it has all of those ga- games have a horribly long tutorial, kind of like character creation and like first level, like escape the dungeon. Once you get going, you realize how deep the systems are and mm-hmm. how much you can do with your character. How much you know? How much it is a true role playing game where you can shape your character and what the character's specialties are. You know, you can become more magic user or you can be the axe wielder or the swordsman or, you know, use a shield to block. And it just has so many different variations uh, on that playstyle. I, I just think it's really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you also played Mario again. Any new levels? Anything different? No, I went back to New Donk, although we had, uh, yeah, we had a, it's on a first name basis. We mm-hmm. had the sort of the forest area on our live show. Yeah. So Nintendo brought the, uh, Nintendo brought a, a Mario demo to us and showed us the, the, the woodland area. Yeah. Which, I, this is the third or fourth time I've seen Mario demoed. I got to play it at E3. I didn't get to play it at Comic-Con, but I've seen so many demos now, like producing our live shows. Um, every time I see something that makes me fall in love with that game yeah. over again, and yep. every time I see something that completely blows my mind, and in this particular instance, you know, we've seen bits and pieces of the woodland level, but the one thing that we didn't know was that there's this entire subterranean level underneath it, and, yep. and that was sort of the thing that... that uh, really interested me about this playthrough is that in the way that you discovered 
alternate routes and things in in a game like Super Mario World, uh, this game gives you little context clues. Like you'll see three coins floating in the distance on this world and you jump for them and then you just plummet to this entire different area that you didn't know was down there. Yeah. And then you're just in this subterranean world like going around punching bushes and stuff. And Like, yeah, when, yeah. They, when we were demoing it on the live show, the guy did the leap off of the wall. I was like, oh, you died. Yeah. And then he just lands in this nope, whole new surprise. Area. Yeah. yeah. When I played it, the I specifically yeah. tried yeah. to recreate every single sort of like um, platforming scenario that I had playing Mario 64. So I did, you know, jumps, double jumps, triple jumps into a Woo-hoo. dive. The the dive is like the one thing I think is missing. Yeah, there's I, I haven't seen anybody do yeah, that. Yeah, because that, that button is now replaced with like a throw. But like that, like that, my favorite move to do in those games is like the run in one direction, quick yeah. pop back, yep. you know, uh, 180 in the yeah, other direction. Yeah, you do direction. like the, the in-air cartwheel, yeah. yeah. You do that into a wall jump, into a wall jump, into a wall jump, land, triple jump. Like all that, I was trying every single one of those moves. They felt so good. Like I ran around New Donk not even like trying to do anything really, but yeah. just trying to like scale areas, just find find little secret pockets of the, of the world. Um, yeah, still awesome. One of the things that really interested me about this demo, um, and if you haven't seen the Comic-Con demo, go check it out on our YouTube or, or something like that, but... Uh, we were told, hey, the demo ends after this, like, mini boss fight. Um, but I'm just gonna play around in the world until, you know, like, I'm running out of time. And so I threw our demo, uh, demo or a curveball and was like, okay, get to the mini boss fight as fast as you can in, like, the last five minutes of the demo. So for the last three or four minutes, mm-hmm. she's just powering through this level and just the the traversal she goes through a 3d open area she goes through like a really vertical wall jump area the red she goes kind through, of like beams Donkey yeah. Kong she goes through like a side scrolling like tower area up to the top to like a very mario 64 looking area all within the span I, of three or four minutes and I, I mean i remember being in the room and watching it happen and just being like this is incredible and for a guy who was like admittedly a little lukewarm on the e3 demo yeah I can't, every time I see this game, I get more and more excited to play yep. it. Yeah, so, I agree. And, and that's, that's without the kingdoms we've even seen yet. I mean, yeah. who knows yeah. what else is in there? Yeah, we've, we mostly just keep seeing the same areas. So yeah. like, what else is out there? Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for, about this game. I, I can't <laughs> wait to play it. Um, want to quickly talk about one thing that I'm not that excited about. What? Um, Nintendo's online. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. you know, Splatoon, yeah. I love Splatoon. Yep. Whether it's Salmon Run or Turf Wars, you know, I'm, I'm having a really good time with that game. Um, and I tried out the app and I really like the Splatoon stats readout. All that stuff is really cool. That's like, really great. I love the concept of expanding this with new games. Like if they go back and add Mario Kart, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't see which ones of my friends are online playing this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I go back out to my main switch menu and go into my friends list, there's a chance I'll be disconnected from right. matchmaking. Um, you can like just the convoluted process of like, do this there, do that there, then go there. You know, it's just, it's just not there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you guys felt, but I, no, I've I, tried this a couple of times. I successfully played with some, some NVC fans as well. We were chatting on the thing. It's great when you got it all set up. Um, but also Splatoon has that limitation where you can't team up in Turf Wars with your friends. You can be in the, you can be in the same group of eight, but you're not guaranteed that you matched up. Yeah. Like, I was all playing, these limitations that are weird. I was playing with you last night. Did you mm-hmm. notice? Um, I that, didn't know if that was you because yeah. your name is Zach. I know. I got to like, change that. There, there yeah. A hundred thousand Zach. I know. I got to change. I gotta put Zach IG. Don't in change it. your name, dude. It's just Splatoon. <laughs> but uh, 
well, if you see me, I actually did change it last night to Zachary underscore D. Okay. So you'll, that's how you'll okay. know it's me. But, um, yeah, I was playing with you last night and that was the first time that I have had jumped into a friends game yep. to play with them. And I mean, I'm at like level 11. I've played over yep. 20 hours of this game, but I had just hadn't jumped in with anyone. And I just assumed that I would be on your team since you're on my friends list. I just right. assumed that they would put us together. And then when you popped up on the other team, I was so bummed because I was like, oh, I wanted to f- fight with Pear. And also he's probably much better at this game than I am. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I think the the layout of the app is really awesome. Um, I think that using it for anything but like stats and so like one of the things I liked from it was uh, there's a little store in there where you can send yep. exclusive items from the app to your character. I definitely did that. I bought a leather jacket, which rules. Pear was telling me like it probably has bad stats. I was like, I don't care. I'm I'm just here to look good. And that all oh, that's great. Like, and it's gonna be really cool when you open up that app and there's a bunch of different yep. games and stuff like that. Yeah, but. The actual using it to like interact with people in a meaningful way is basically broken. And also like when something else pops up on your phone, like a text or something like that, or like, you know, it's not sitting in the foreground, which is like, that's not how phones work. Like they're multi-purpose devices. Uh, it all kind of falls away. So yeah, it's, it's one of those, like the app itself is actually really well designed. Yeah. Like, the interface is cool. Checking the stats after the fact is cool. I think it's just how cumbersome it is to be using it while playing. Like it's just another thing to look at. It feels like one too many. And I'm, you know, I'm usually the guy who always says, uh, well, you worried about running out of battery on your phone, uh, just plug it in or put, put in a power brick. And that exact thing happened to me. My faraway friend in another city up North said, Hey, you want to play and sent me a friend invite. I'm like, awesome. 1%. And I'm like plugging in my headset. I'm like, Oh crap. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm not near an outlet. I'm right. on my couch, right? And then I'm like, all right, let me get a power break. It's it's just disruptive. It's a it's another element when honestly, the pro controller should have just had a headphone yeah. phone port on yes. it. Here's hoping a future iteration of the Nintendo Switch, the Nintendo Switch Pro or whatever comes out and it fixes this limitation whether by adding more RAM to allow for easy like cross uh, yeah. game chat or uh, a pro 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 controller comes out that has a headphone. <laughs> Something's got to happen because I don't see this system just flying for the entire No, game. and until then I'm only going to play online multiplayer games with strangers or whoever's really? online and I'm not going to use voice chat. It's just not yeah. worth it. Yeah, I've sort of divorced myself from the idea of yeah, like really? playing I, this I'll in do the voice same, chat. But like I, like I'm not going to ever play Splatoon in the same way that I play Overwatch unless I'm in the room with those people. Yep. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I I think that's a bummer because like especially modes like Salmon Run or even Turf War, it, it, when you're playing with four people like I have in the office, it's a totally different experience because you're calling out things like, hey, there's, we need backup over here. Yeah. Enemies are coming from this direction. And like that stuff just doesn't exist in a way that's easily accessible on through the app. Especially yeah. other games. I mean, like when you think about this as a disincentive for people to make their multiplayer or to bring their multiplayer games to Switch, I mean, it, it's when you think of like, um, Rainbow Six Siege or something like that where like you have to be communicating with your team like mm-hmm. a game like that would be really hard if you can't always rely on somebody to be using voice chat right mm-hmm. yep I think it's a work in progress guys I hope it gets uh, gets much much better um for our final topic, um, I want to switch gears a little bit from the real world to uh, the hypothetical. And actually, we're going to talk about uh, Metroid Prime, a game that we're all very excited about and know zero about. We've seen the Metroid Prime 4 logo revealed at E3. Huh. What a logo and, it was. Yeah. And we asked, hey, who's making this? And the answer was a new team will you know, will work on this at could mean a team that hasn't been announced yet, a team that hasn't been found, uh, founded yet or, or created yet. Uh, maybe it's uh, a, across different re- uh, offices. We don't know. So I thought it would be really fun to get together and talk about like 
who do you want on this game? Who do you want to make Metroid Prime 3, uh, 4? So um, maybe we'll start with you. Okay, so uh, obviously the cop-out answer for me is retro. Um, oh, I see. That's yeah, an original. Uh, I, uh. I mean, I, I have another answer as well. Uh, but to me, Metroid Prime is probably in my top five favorite games of all time. I think it's one of the most moody and atmospheric and perfectly paced games ever created. So yep. if retro could go back to those roots and do it and be successful at it, more power to him. That being said, I would love to see a studio like Arcane take a crack at it. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, uh, I, I don't think, I know Dishonored 2 was my game of the year last year. Dishonored 1, when it came out in 2012, was my game of the year that year. And I think they do first person adventure just as good, if not better than most other companies. And I love the way that they've integrated a lot of the RPG mechanics and like building, building your character towards the way that you want to play. And, uh, in those games and and in the game like Prey, you know? And I think that uh, in the next iteration of Metroid, it can't just be another Metroid Prime game. Like, there has to be something different in the way that Zelda had so much character customization and, and uh, all these RPG so? elements and yeah. stuff. Yeah, and I, I'd love to see that sort of integration in, into a Metroid game and... If that's the case, I definitely think that Arcane is the way to do that. You know, you want to you upgrade your Ice Beam or do you want to upgrade... Uh, uh, <laughs> Of course, now I can't think of any other Metroid powers. Um, <laughs> the missile launcher. The, the, missile launcher the wiggle or, wave. Or, yeah. Um, the spin attack or mm-hmm. yeah, screw attack. Yeah, you spider know, like, legs. Yeah, s- spider, spider ball. ball. Like, yeah, I love the idea that you can you can customize Samus Samus's gear in any way that you want, and that might open alternative paths that weren't available to you. I didn't, you know? even, I didn't even think about Arcane. I mean, yeah, that's an awesome Obviously, it's yeah. unlikely to be available to make this game, but... Uh, I mean, they're working with Bethesda and Skyrim, so... They worked with, um, they worked with uh, Infinity Ward yep. on Call of Duty. Yep. yep. Yeah, I, I think we also need to keep in mind that, like, retro, that we remember it as is yep. is almost entirely different. That's yeah, what I was going to say. Like the the core team of Metroid Prime almost entirely is not at Retro. They're at Armature. They're all spread out. So I mean, Halo. Like yeah, it's it, yeah. It uh, they did it doesn't uh, mean though, mm-hmm. but yep. it, but it also doesn't mean that you know there there aren't people there who. Um, who know how to craft a good kind of, of first person game sure. or yeah. an adventure game, right? It also might mean shoot the horn them into the, now they're making 2D, 2.5D sure. side scrollers, right? Yeah. Um, they're a lot of talented people who work there. It just, uh, they pulled off the Donkey Kong Country kind of, I mean, remember they, they were not the ones to invent these games, but they pulled them off. They mm-hmm. felt like it and they looked like it. Um, I still think they could really. They well, could I look this. at a company yeah. like Rare, who for years were uh, relegated to making like avatars for Xbox Live yep. and mini games and like Connect Sports games, and now they're making Sea of Thieves, which is like a full fledged 3D Rare game as as about as rare as it gets, right? Yep, that's and what I'm saying. Also, like no no company lives and dies by the departure of uh, of a few employees. Obviously, you know you will get a different take and a different feel or if you switch the composer, a different sound to mm-hmm. it. But yeah, uh, it's interesting to compliment Zach Center. I kind of have to, my first one was going to be armature because mm-hmm. all the original team is there right, and because yep. they're kind of a, a studio for hire anyway, it's like, why not go back to the roots and bring them back? And I think you would get some of the classic feel. I think to the point of retro, like maybe, you know, maybe the top guy left, maybe the project lead left, but maybe his number two is still the CEO, yeah, you know? Project. So I think like, Keeping it kind of in the family in either of those ways would be cool. I think uh, thinking way outside the box, weirdly, the first answer that came to mind for me was Starbreeze, um, who made oh, wow. Payday. Uh, you know, Payday's coming to Switch. I, If it's not going to be retro, if it's not going to be armature folks who were former retro, I would love to see something weird and different. I don't want them to just 
make the old Metroid games and try and carbon copy something they're not. And yeah. so what I like about Starbreeze is number one, Payday is obviously a really smart co-op game. Like who knows if online co-op or something could be part of this. But for me, it's like, I look back at like brothers, tale of two sons. I look back at, uh, you know, even some of the stuff payday brought to heist and co-op that has now been aped by stuff like rainbow six. I just want to see something innovative and weird. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a, just a slightly off the wall kind of independent shooter studio feels like it would be a good fit. Yeah. It's really interesting. What about you? I have a weird choice. Mine was uh, the Resident Evil 7 team at Capcom. Ah. Yeah. Because I uh-huh. think that what they did um, with that game in terms of uh, sort of mood and presentation in the first person uh, is pretty much unparalleled with, with with sort of survival horror and adventure, kind of first person adventure games we've seen in the last few years. That game didn't really have platforming in it per mm-hmm. se, but uh, the their level design, their world design, their enemies, their bosses all felt very Metroid. Uh, there's yeah. a lot in there that I think could translate well to that franchise. Um, and there's also, precedent of Nintendo teaming with Capcom. That's what I was totally. going to say. There's yeah. also there's also a history of Capcom's reverence for Nintendo f- yeah. franchises. So mm-hmm. that's an that's an interesting point. So I, I assembled companies that make Metroid like uh, um, Metroid like games or have made them in the past. And like on the 2D side, you had like you know Tom Hap, Axiom Verge, Shot Club, yeah. Moon Studios, uh, Drinkbox, Guacamelee, Chair, Shadow mm-hmm. Complex. Drink I love Box. Shadow Complex. It is the most Metroid 2D Metroid. Yeah, Shadow yeah. Complex is great yep. that you've ever seen. But I don't think any of these guys are proven in the 3D realm. And we know mm-hmm. it's going to be a first-person adventure again, mm-hmm. right? Presumably, um, it's got the name Prime, and so it ties in with that. Uh, that means first. Mm. It ties ah. in with that franchise. Then I looked at 3D games. You obviously, you mentioned retro. Uh, I think there's a uh, vigil. Um, if you remember, made yep. the Darksiders games, which were very Zelda Metroid ish, like setup. Right. They are now gunfire games. Um, you know, there's a, there's potential there. Hell, that's because, got gun right in the title. Because I, <laughs> uh, because I do think, I do think for this game, I do think Nintendo is going to go with, uh, with a U.S. studio. I, I agree. I don't think they're going to go to Nap, uh, Namco as they have with Smash or, um, Koei Tecmo as they've done with Hyrule Warriors. Warriors yeah. And so then there's Crystal Dynamics, Tomb Raider. Yeah. Yeah. Tomb Raider is very Metroid. Yeah. Like yeah. everything about yeah. the games, like the setup. It would be amazing to see them. I would but love I, that. Can you imagine I a fully, imagine. Can you imagine a fully 3D but third person Metroid game like that? Yeah. Like an over the shoulder. Like yeah. there's no I mean, there's that, no like outside of precedence, there's no reason that Metroid Prime has to be a first person. No, I mean at yeah. times it is third person, right? Yeah. In Morph Ball mode yep. it is. Or t- you mostly when they, during that transition you see her character. Um the original concept uh sort of screens for Metroid Prime were a third person mm-hmm. adventure yeah. game I where think, you it was over the shoulder. I think uh I agree and I would actually love to see them try something different like that. I do think the one detail they said D three was that it will still be first person adventure. Well I think I, that's literally the only thing they said about it. But I do think, well, no, no, I mean, I don't even say that to correct you. I, I, I just think like, I think to the point of prime in the title, like, I feel like that is one of the few core tenets they have. I think yeah. Metroid games can still reinvent the wheel in a lot of other ways, but kind of to the point of those 2D studio, 2D studios, what I would love to see them do is maybe stick to something internal or start a new internal team to do the actual first person part, but contract a, like a, a, you know, a drink box or a yep. yacht club to do design and to actually like let the design of the game be handled by people who have proven they can do it, but then let the actual like modeling and, and first person physics and stuff be handled. Sure. Internally. So my, my pick is actually, and I'll bring up the other studios. There was valve. Obviously portal two has so many little Metroid elements uh, and yeah. super clever puzzles. 
ain't gonna happen. Rocksteady with the Arkham series, that's, yeah. I think, the first Arkham game was the closest thing to Metroid yeah, Prime. Even totally. from, like, flow and visor <laughs> usage and everything, yeah. right? Ain't gonna happen. Deus Ex, Eidos, Eidos Montreal, it's probably not gonna happen. So I think they're going to assemble a new team, and I do think it'll be America, and I think, why not go back to NST? Mm, Nintendo um, software yeah. technology. They've done Metroid Prime Hunters. So the first person shooter that I, I wasn't a fan of. I, I like the adventure style games. They've also done Wave Race Blue Storm. So mm. they've shown that they can take a Nintendo franchise from a game from Japan, like the original Wave Race, adapt it, give it better visuals and, and do something unique with it. I would love to see them break out from, they've done Mario versus Donkey Kong, right? They've done, uh, they've ported Super Mario Maker for the 3DS. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see, Nintendo bring in new talent from other studios, bolster NST a little bit, and pull off a Metro Prime. Yeah, that'd be really, really cool. Good point. would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. We'll Great see. choices all around. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Hopefully, uh, I hadn't even thought about your your pick. That's a Star really Wars. good one to go back to the roots, man. Yeah. Uh, that would be big news. But, I mean, who knows? It might just be like, hey, our friends at Grezzo did a great job updating, uh, like, yeah. uh, any of the, the studios that updated, like, Ocarina of Time for the 3DS. Maybe they'll go with someone like that. Well, we'll look yeah. forward to finding out more about Metroid Prime 4 in 2020. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> hopefully not. Um, we're almost at the end here, but we do want to check in with our listeners. Yeah. Hi, listeners. Uh, you got a couple of questions for <laughs> hey, that's our, not our thing. For, uh, for a question I'm stealing segment. it. Uh, we set up a Twitter account, right, Zach? That's right. Well, we've always had a Twitter account. Uh, it was run by the fans, mm-hmm. um, which has been awesome. Uh, but oh, wait, uh, took it from them. You hacked into I it. I didn't take it from them, but I oh, asked for the keys okay. of the kingdom. You they stole, willingly gave it to me. So if you're talking to at NVC podcast on Twitter, you're talking to me. All right. Um, but yeah, I have been trying to. Uh, I've been trying to put out more Nintendo news, talk a little bit more about the show. So if you're a fan of the show, follow us on Twitter at NVC Podcast. Um, but yeah, we did put out a Twitter question earlier today mm-hmm. um, for question block, and Brian pulled some answers for us or questions yeah, for us. Uh, we'll go through them real quick. Uh, Joshua Rogers forty two uh, on Twitter says everyone talks about all the things Nintendo could learn from Sony and Microsoft, like online gaming. But what could those guys learn from Nintendo? Be weird. Like, just get, be get weird. weird. Yeah. Just don't be afraid to just completely break every convention. Well, yep. judging from, like, games like PlayStation All-Stars, I'd say they learned a lot from Nintendo. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> really. No, I mean, I, look, <laughs> Nintendo is great at being super weird and saying, what if you used a scale for a video game? Or, like, you know, what if you used motion controls? And, you know, Splatoon owes a lot to classic shooters, but it also it's 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 really its own thing. Like yeah. that paint mechanic in a first person shooter like that is so different. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, I totally agree. Like that weird stuff. And then I'd say control and the feel of characters. And I I, I made a snarky tweet about the Crash series, right? When the Crash that, collection that tweet came out. was such a perfect tweet though. Well like, I said that, you know, I'm happy that Crash is back because it reminds me how brilliant the, the Mario games are. Yeah. Right. And that's not because I actually enjoy um you know the, the third game, second one got better. I the first Crash I was I was just really disappointed with it at the time because it was positioned as this Mario killer and then the controls are so loose. Mm-hmm. Like when you control Crash it just doesn't feel right and the game just says I don't care I'm still going to make you jump on these tiny little platforms. And a lot of p- platformers back in the days were guilty. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Like this guy loves Crash. Watch. No, it's not even, it's not even just that. I and think, Mario doesn't do that. I think it's kind of to Brian's point earlier. I think a lot of these PlayStation games that are getting remastered now and brought yep. forward, you're kind of seeing that lack of Nintendo polish in that I think a lot of these games at the time – you didn't really see those flaws. They didn't feel oh, floaty at the time. Mm-hmm. Or at least I didn't. I wasn't covering the video game industry at the time. Right. But I mean, like, I think now 
I, I think like another answer to this question maybe even is that Nintendo has this very high standard and they don't, it's why games get delayed a lot yep. because they will not put it out until it is, it hits their, their kind of high bar for polish. And I think if nothing else, maybe that's something that a lot of publishers could learn from Nintendo of like, Hey, delay your game. Like people will leave snarky comments or whatever, but like get it right before you put it out. It's that old me yeah. quote. And yeah. it's easy. I mean, you look at Nintendo's lineup, they're duds too, right? Like when they farmed out certain games, like, uh, you know, they farmed out the Mario Party free, uh, series <laughs> and then Hudson, Hudson just started mm-hmm. phoning it in after a while, right? And they're, they're flaws with those titles. But when you go to a core Mario game, I just feel like, there's just something the way it feels like when you're jumping with Mario in a 3D mm-hmm. space. And even when you go back to the early days, like you play Super Mario World, it just feels right. Yep. Well, it like, also makes that, that transition. Hump. It also makes that transition from three, 2D to 3D. Yeah. Jumping in a in a 2D Mario game is analogous to the way that you jump and move in a 3D yep. Mario game. I agree. So I think it is for me. It's like the feel and the control. And then Nintendo also they 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 got worse over the years but they used to be really good at teaching you how to do things by just showing you mm-hmm. and like they they came up with these really clever things where um you know sometimes when you get an extra live in mario you know there's going to be a hard part now so better be on your toes and <laughs> you play a game like sonic the hedgehog i always thought sonic should have a speed limit sign if you go back to the first game <laughs> where like you're running really fast and it's awesome it's really fun you're going through the pipe and then boom you run into the spikes and you're dead and it's like if that game communicated that there are times when you got to run fast and at times you got to be careful more efficiently, um, I would love, I would love even the early, like the first Sonic much, much more than I do. And I, I, I dig him. Well, because um, the tagline, you got to go fast occasionally, but sometimes less efficiently doesn't but, roll but, off. But that's why that's, way. I think Nintendo is always really good at, at showing you something and then like, I, I always love Ocarina of Time's sign that says do not cut down signs. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, oh, you can cut signs. Well, then you right? cut them down by accident because yeah. you're trying to read them and yeah. there's only yeah. one button that does everything <laughs> but, in the game. But the, but the Nintendo games are filled with that. So yeah. I, I think that's something, you know, more companies nowadays are good at it, but Nintendo did it early on really well. All right, we're going to rapid fire through the next one. Uh, Cameron Gillum at, on Twitter says, if only one Wii U game could be ported over to the Switch, what would you pick? Oh, Let's go with that. such a stupid answer, but it's... uh. Uh, Wind Waker HD. Yeah. Uh, Super Mario 3D World. Metroid Prime Trilogy. Tokyo Mirage Session Sharp FE. Alright, uh, oh. and, wow, hmm. really? And last one, wow, I'm Michael what? on Twitter says, what color of Joy-Con Ow. do you most want to be released? Pair? You have them all, so you're gonna buy it well, anyway. What colors, uh, am I missing? Uh, uh, <laughs> well, I haven't gotten the green and pink one yet. Um, let me think about that for a second. Okay. Uh, this is such a nerdy, like, 90s answer, but clear. I love oh, yeah. the transparent, Ooh, I idea. see the chips and stuff. I really want like Game Boy colors or classic NES, like just the yeah. classic NES, uh, with the red uh, buttons. And so all patterns, that. I would yeah. definitely go back to like the GameCube age yep. and yep. all that to have like the purple with the color. Yeah, I think button. we saw those mods, uh, yep. the GameCube ones. Yeah. I'm stunned we didn't get that for Splatoon. I thought there'd be an ink splatter or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah same. So, uh, I'd like like a, like a bright orange. Mm, that's it. Mm. I mean, that seems pretty easy given how bright their, their other colors are. Yeah. But I really like the idea that like a cool Halloween theme going I mean, they're definitely <laughs> cross busy streets with it. Yeah. <laughs> right now they're definitely going for the kind of the, the popping neon colors. Yep. And, uh, I love that. I, I gotta think we'll get to an age where they'll do like the silver one. What do you got on there now? Uh, I've got blue. I'm rocking blue and yellow. See, that's my favorite combination yeah. right now. Yeah. But I think the new Splatoon stuff is going to change that. I think they look really good. Cool. I like cool. a matching. I I I'm, I really? actually like all the colors right now. I just I like them to be the same both sides. Well, you can't with the Splatoon ones because there's no reverse pack yet. Oh wow. Sure. So that's going to hurt your OCD there. Oh no. Yeah. But you, I do have the two yellows. So I like the two yellows. I like two blues or two reds too. Cool. Very nice. Yeah. So yeah, NVC podcast on Twitter. Follow them.
True. Talk you, to Zach. You can ask questions. You can also email us at nvc at ign.com. Obviously, uh, you know, a lot more of you have discovered the, uh, the NVC podcast forums group mm-hmm. on Facebook as well. Some really good folks in there, um, talking about Nintendo 24 seven, basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you'll see us pop in there as well. We're overdue for an AMA or something. We got yeah, one. We should there, totally right? do that. And then, you know, we also comment on IGN and on YouTube. So look for us there. That is the show for today. I think we've got it all. Um, we will be back next week uh, with more on your favorite Nintendo games. I hope everybody gets to play some more Switch this weekend. Splatoon. Yeah. Uh, as we're recording this, um, Salmon Run is finally back. It's, it's back. It's, it took off a little time, and uh, that makes us very sad. Um, where can people find you when they're not listening to the show? Uh, I'm at ZacharyasD on Twitter. Yep. I'm at Agent Bizzle. You can catch me on Beyond, Up at Noon, all the rest of them. Uh, I'm at Garfbep. Uh, I'm on uh, Beyond. I'm occasionally on GameScoop. Uh, and you can find my report about Pokemon Go Fest on IGN.com. Awesome. And if you, uh, if you like the show, I'm Pear IGN on, on Twitter and social media. If you, uh, if you like the show, please, uh, leave us a nice comment, uh, ask questions, give feedback. If you're listening to this on your smartphone or car stereo, if those still exist, uh, your streaming service, uh, leave us a nice review on, uh, on iTunes or your favorite podcast service that helps others discover our show. If you love NVC and you haven't checked out our other shows, there are plenty more of them. We've got GameScoop, Beyond, Unlocked. Um, you can check them all out on your favorite podcast service uh, Fireteam Chat if you're into Destiny I hear that's mm-hmm. the hot game that's coming out now yeah. there's going to be a whole second one I'm a lapsed yeah. Destiny player I'll definitely go back once that's out but find us everywhere where you can find IGN and enjoy <laughs> have a good week hey there this is Justin Bartha I made a funny new podcast King of the Egg Cream it has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.